Hello, everybody. This is Brent from the Crypto Basic Podcast. And I just wanted to pop in here and prep you for what you've got here. This is one of the two episodes. I'm going to put this on the front of both of them that are about Tether. One of them is a pro argument for Tether. The other is a con. They were interviews given by myself and Kareem during the the Bangkok conference that we went to from Beyond Blocks. It was a really interesting dynamic that occurred in the panel that I moderated. One of the panelists and an audience member were eventually speaking to each other. So those two episodes are coming up now. And remember that nothing contained inside these episodes is financial advice. And as you can tell with some of the background noise, I am still in the airport. So I apologize for that. Enjoy these episodes back to back. What's up, everybody? It's Bren Kareem. We're at the Beyond Blocks conference. We just popped into the speaker room. We were we both did our panels, had some interesting, fun topics. I think you had a lot more fun than I did, and this is an extension of that. <laughs> so uh, during during my time on the stage, there was a little bit of a little bit of controversy. So what did I do? I went and grabbed the person that the controversy was centered around and brought him <laughs> into the back to get a little interview done. So this is Sam. Yeah. So my name is Sam Beckman-Fried. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Alameda Research. We're a quant market making firm in crypto. Trade about 150 million a day worldwide across uh, basically every major exchange. And as part of that business, we obviously have a lot of exposure to the stablecoin landscape, given the central role that uh, that those coins are playing in crypto. All right. So you heard the term stablecoins. So you might be seeing, you might have an idea of where this is going. Let's get into the controversy, Brent. What was the controversy about? So, so the controversy was about Tether, as usual. And we, as listeners know, we have the. We, we don't have great things to say about Tether most of the time. Yeah, and to give and, Sam a little background, just so you know, um, our position was initially basically we were always skeptical about Tether, and our podcast took a very negative position when they canceled their relationship with the auditor that they had hired. That was kind of a breaking point. We did an episode about that, uh, and ever since that, in your defense, we've kind of been waiting for Tether to collapse with really no movement in any direction. Yep. So <clears throat> can you maybe give our audience an idea of the statement that you made on stage in your position about Tether? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first thing that I would say is that um, I think when it comes to Tether, not everything is black and white. The thing that I do believe is black and white, and I can't obviously prove this is true, and I can't say with 100% confidence, but I do uh, personally feel fairly strongly that Tether is backed one-to-one by the U.S. dollar. There does exist a bank account with more dollars, in fact, than exist Tethers in the world. And those dollars are reserved for the redemption of Tether and not for personal use by any other party. And so in terms of being a fully collateralized uh, stablecoin, I do believe that Tether uh, does meet that mark. So that particular position was something that I thought was unpopular, but not as unpopular as I got when I asked the room. Yeah. You know, who here believes that Tether is 100% back and we didn't get a single, we didn't get a single hand. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting because it still trades very close to a dollar. So yep. if most of the people are worried, I wonder why it's still trading that I mean, close. That's a really interesting question, right? And I think that really points to the central thing about Tether, which is that for the enormous amount of like fear and, you know, uncertainty and doubt that has been spread about it, it somehow refuses to go to zero. And, you know, this is a thing that trades billions of dollars a day and is the main price currency for the top exchanges in the world, at least most of them. 
this is, is a coin that plays perhaps the most central role in crypto in the world, aside from Bitcoin itself. And uh, this is a coin that the crypto ecosystem has decided to throw more or less their full weight behind, despite these rumors. And uh, and so, right, why is it not worth zero if it's not backed? And you know, my answer is basically because it is backed. And e- even more strongly than that, when people do try and sell a lot of Tether, um, firms come in, they buy the Tether, and they redeem it for a dollar. And in the end, that is the one thing that backstops a, a stablecoin. If you ask what stops a stablecoin from going to zero, it's redeemability. It's the ability of liquidity providers in particular to buy it if it starts trading below one and then redeem it. And if they feel confident doing that, um, then the price won't go to zero because, you know, they'll be, they and, you know, us in particular will be willing to buy up a fairly significant amount of outflows. And Tether has a somewhat interesting role in this process right now uh, in that it is backed one-to-one, I strongly believe, but uh, it obviously has had a lot of banking issues. And you can see this playing out in a lot of different cases. Uh, You can see this in the auditors dropping out. You can see this in the hopping from bank to bank, not banking in the United States. Um, And... You can see this in the fact that it does drop below one, right? Like Tether, when there's lots of worry about Tether, it does go below one, but nowhere near zero. It usually drops to, you know, 95 cents or so before recovering. And, you know, what's going on there is basically like it's difficult to redeem Tether because of the banking issues. If you go to Bank of America right now and you say, hey, I'd like to open up a bank account, they're like, great, tell us about your business. You're like, I'm a crypto firm. They're like, no, sorry, we just have a policy against that. Um, and in fact, basically all the major U.S. clearing banks have that policy right now of not taking crypto. Bitfinex and Tether have obviously quite a bit of bad PR. And so major banks are quite a bit less happy even to deal with them than other crypto institutions, which they don't accept. And so if you imagine saying, hey, I'd like to redeem a billion Tether today. I'd like to send a billion dollars of wire transfers across the world. Uh, how do you feel about that, Bank of America? You want to process that billion dollars of Tether-based wire transfers, right? They're not going to be so happy about that. And now you start to get to the central, you know, statue that, you know, the role that Tether does play right now, which is as a fully backed stable point that is difficult but not impossible to redeem. And you see Bitfinex recently introduced a new rule saying that they're now charging 3% on all redemptions. Um, Oh, I didn't even know that. That's as of a few weeks ago. And that was meant, I think, basically to cover the banking relationship costs that they face when they have to process these. And these are real costs. Like, they lose bank accounts if they do this too much, as does do a lot of firms in crypto if they try and send too much money through through the wrong avenues. And you know, as more and more crypto firms flock to the crypto-friendly banks as the only institutions that will actually be long-term comfortable with them as a client doing high volume, um, being locked out of the U.S. banking system makes that pretty hard for someone who would want to do billions of dollars of transfers as Tether would want. And so, you know, is Tether redeemable? Yeah, it is. It's expensive and it can be slow and it's hard to do for large size, but the money is there. So it is theoretically redeemable. All right. So, Sam, I do. I have a follow up here because I think you're making very valid points, but none of them necessarily like 
that all of your points could be true while there's still a surplus of tether compared to the actual yep ba- and bagging. so why do i think that it is back correct yeah, exactly um and the basic answer is from conversations with a lot of different players in this industry so tether has had many banks um even over the past year and you know those banks have by and large vouched for tether as um you know dell tech recently vouched uh via a letter signed by the president um, with a very elaborate with a signature. Very elaborate signature, which uh, <laughs> the manliness of which has been called into question, which I think does actually say something about the sort of attacks that Tether is facing here. You know, these a lot of these attacks are really not striking to the heart of the business. Like a lot of these do seem sort of troll like. Um, but, but Sam, yeah, the signature yeah, is like, definitely a troll. You know, no, the, the signature is not important. Yeah, but, but but going on with this, you know, it's not just the bank here. Um, Talk to a lot of players in the industry who have. Um, basically vouched for this account. And you can see this, like, look at the major exchanges that have decided that it will be the price currency that they trade against. Um, they're sure as hell not going to be comfortable with that if they don't believe it's backed, right? Imagine if they think that a run on the bank would cause Tether to go to zero and there's no money there, right? And you think about the fact that, like, more than half of all exchanges in the world are Tether-backed. They just, like, they might fold if Tether goes to zero. That's going to be a really uncomfortable place. And, you know, there have been conversations that we have had with a number of them where they've expressed confidence in this. We've also had conversations with other parties that have been able to actually inspect this bank account, third parties, um, who don't want to go on record because it's, you know, a lot of different parties don't want their names associated with this particular trail, but who have also personally vouched for having seen the bank account and that it is backed. So let me take a, two quick pauses because I want to expand on two of these ideas further. One is you talk about these exchanges basically vouching for Tether, but yep. are you accounting for the fact that they have a vested interest in if there is more Tether in circulation, it facilitates trade, which increases trading fees. So you could, there could totally be scenarios in which it would make business sense for them to support an asset that's not truly backed because they're going to make fees enough over the long term before it catches up. So it's an interesting question, and I think I'd respond in a few ways. The first is that they definitely don't make more money if there's just a surplus of Tether. Like, that surplus of Tether is not, act, you know, it's not like they make additional money from the difference between the bank account and, and the But it facilitates trade. Yeah, but who's going to be doing those trades, right? Like, fundamentally, the amount of trading is driven by the customer interest in trading cryptocurrency. That's what drives volume and the amount of liquidity people are providing, not the supply of the coins. And if people decided that they needed more supply of Tether in order to support the amount of trading they wanted to do, they would just create Tether. That's easy to do. And so because of that, you know, the limiting factor here is not the number of Tethers on the amount of trading volume it has. It's the customer demand to trade Tether-like products, the exchange offerings of Tether-backed products, and the liquidity providers who are willing to make tight liquid markets um, in Tether. And, you know, those three things are what are going to be driving the actual Tether trading volume. But there's sort of a separate, that's sort of a side point. The real point of yours maybe is like, you know, exchanges can make a lot of money off of their business model right now, even if Tether weren't backed. And so maybe they're just like hoping they can, you know, and I think what I'd say is like, especially now, there are new stable coins, right? There's sort of new entrants from the United States, you know, TUSD, USDC are probably the two most prominent of these, which uh, they're definitely fully backed. They're easy to create and redeem. And, you know, if exchanges want, they could switch over to those. And in fact, the entire crypto ecosystem could. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next year as the crypto ecosystem contends with the new stable coins and what, are, what will exchanges do? What will parties do? And we're obviously seeing a lot of interest in from a, you know, a bunch of people, but especially US-based parties who can create and redeem these new stable coins easily in um, 
trading those pretty actively because they feel you know pretty comfortable in those. Um, exchanges have other options if they need to now. Obviously, before they had many fewer options, and you know I think if you look at you know a third tier exchange that isn't that connected, no one you know knows anything about, and they're tetherback. Like yeah, that that could totally explain it. But you look at the behemoths in this industry. And like they have des- grand designs, which are beyond just like making exchange fees for another six months before things topple down. They're expanding rapidly in a lot of different areas. They're not making the business decisions they would be making if they thought this was all going to topple down. And you know, in their from their perspective, I think it is would be a terrible business decision to back their exchange by an asset they thought was going to blow up. Going to blow up because. Yeah, it's just like, sure, maybe they make an extra 20% for a few months, and then they go bankrupt. That's not a good trade. So why do you think they've done? They've made it difficult to prove it? They've done it in a couple of different half-measure ways. Right. So the first thing that I'll say is, like, I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating as, as to this. Um, I would guess, if I had to wager a guess here, that because of the regulatory scrutiny, that Tether is falling under and because of the number of different parties that don't want their name associated with it, most of the normal avenues for establishing legitimacy are being closed off to them. And so you can imagine, hypothetically, if you were a major auditing firm or a major bank, you know, would you want the biggest news story about you for the last three years to be this person is throwing their weight behind Tether and Bitfinex? Even if you do fully trust them, there's a lot of shit about that online. There's a lot of negative PR. Um, it's a pretty toxic thing from their perspective. And so, you know, if I had to put myself in their shoes, I would guess, especially look at like the major banks, they don't even touch Coinbase, let alone Tether. You know, I think there are just a lot of people who are like, yeah, it's legit, but like, I don't want to stake my firm's reputation on being the name associated with this. I want to push back on on two issues relating to the auditing process. One is the big scandal was Tether firing an auditor that was halfway through an audit, not yep. the auditor quitting. And from an outside perspective, assume that you don't know anything about the industry, you have a company where there's speculation about their liquidity yep. and they fire their auditor. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that is like a real sign of smoke. And if, like, I'm not at all surprised that led people to have a lot of doubts. And if that's the only thing I knew about Tether, I'd be fucking terrified. Um, and I think what I would say is not so much that that doesn't worry me at all, but that I've just collected enough evidence uh, countervailing that from enough different sources and enough experience interfacing with all these systems to become confident that like that isn't a sign that there's no money there that and I don't know what happened there obviously I can only speculate maybe the auditor said look we don't really want to finish this audit there's a breakdown in negotiations like you gotta pay us three times I don't know I'm making these things up but things could have been a somewhat mutual breakdown also it could be that there was, you know, running AML KYC checks in crypto is hard. Obviously, it's like a large part of the industry is contending with the fact that um, a lot of people are really nervous about it being used as an avenue for illicit activities. And I would imagine that, you know, with a product like Tether, that would be a pretty big worry a lot of places would have. And I could imagine also getting to the point where talks over what it would take to satisfy those requirements for some parties breaking down that's again total speculation here i don't know what's what happened there and i agree that like if that were the one piece of evidence that would definitely be pretty worrying um 
but there are a lot of things that could be explained in that, and the amount of evidence in the other direction is just pretty compelling. Can you, like, would you agree with the statement that it's possible, like, you're talking about all the other evidence that, that you've encountered, right, yep. in your field, and is it possible that you are correcting your assumption that Tether is so ingrained in the space that it's overall stability safe, but that doesn't mean that maybe the people in charge of Tether didn't abuse their power because we still, like... There could be 110% Tether to backing, and that already would be a violation of the business model without saying that Tether is completely Oh, I completely illiquid. agree with that. And I think that the market activity is not enough to determine whether it's 100% or 90% backed. Um, that is based off of conversations with parties who have actually seen the bank account um, and who have said, no, I looked at the numbers. The numbers on um, I'm not one of them. I haven't seen the bank account, so I can't personally say right. that I've seen it. But enough different parties have seen this and I, I haven't talked to a single party who's uh, been privy to the actual numbers and has said that they don't line up 